So thanks for joining me today. I do not have a guest today, uh, but I have three quick thoughts that I'm going to unpack, which, uh, you know, hopefully provide something useful for you for the day. And you may have noticed in the email, I changed the name of it yet again, uh, you know, trying to trying to work on that. Uh, the idea is, you know, always be evolving. So the idea of uh, an ounce of dot, 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 you know, is it an ounce of gold? Is it an ounce of prevention? Uh, is it an ounce of compassion? What is it? Uh, ho hopefully I get all three things uh, out of this today. So as I say, three quick topics. Uh, number one, that term we hear, race to the bottom. I was thinking about it last night. All business is a race to the bottom. You know, when you think about it, most of the people that moan and groan about the race to the bottom are the people who are established and comfortable inside an existing industry, whereas race to the bottom is kind of like the battle cry of the disruptor, and the disruptor is the one that wants to do it better, faster, simpler, for less money, less investment, less time, whatever that is. The disruptor wants to win the race, and often the disruptor wants you know, to be the, the last one standing. That's how it works with capitalism. So whether we choose to be disrupted or we choose to be disruptors, I guess, is uh, the question of the day. And if you don't feel like you can position yourself at this, as the disruptor and you're just feeling like the, the disrupted, well, how disrupted are you going to be? In our industry, there's a lot of tech disruption talk, but there's not an actual lot of tech disruption of brokers. We continue to take a larger piece of the pie. We continue to grow. Uh, a lot of existing brokers continue to have better year after better year after better year. So, you know, are we really going to be that disrupted in our industry? Not necessarily. But that leads me to the second thing I wanted to talk about, which uh, relates to a post I saw this morning uh, and commented on from a wonderful broker, wonderful person. And, you know, they, they caught this client after, I mean, I'm going to make a couple of assumptions just for um, narrative sake. So imagine that you've caught this new client's file. It's after condition removal. Subjects are off. It's a firm file. Let's go with a purchase file. But you're out of that high stress zone. The other broker or the other banker handled all that. Already got the client to that full docs pay stack. Um, moment. And so now the client basically has some time between the conditions removal and the closing date to poke around, to shop around a little bit. And I don't think that many clients necessarily go shopping around as they sort of float around and bump into a cousin, an uncle, a friend, a coworker who says, oh, congrats, you bought something. Oh, you should talk to my broker. Oh, you should talk to my banker. I just signed something last week and I got X rate. And meanwhile, you're at X plus a tenth or something like that. So the wheels get turning. And so as I say, I don't think that uh, clients are lying to us. I don't think they're scheming. I don't think they know anywhere near as much about the mortgage business as we would ever give them credit for. Um, they don't understand how we're compensated. They don't really know much. Most clients, what they know about the mortgage business is, is the rate. What's the rate? That's about, that's the one thing they tend to focus on. So if you're gaining a client 
who's already gone through the pre-qualification piece. They've already gone through the purchasing piece. Maybe they wrote one or two offers. You've worked a couple, the other broker, the other banker. They've worked a few files. This one, it's a complete package. So you cash this file. There's no pressure for condition removal, subject removal, uh, stress. Uh, you don't need to explain very much to the client because at this point, the client is clear on what they want. They want this type of mortgage product. Uh, let's say it's a variable and they're just looking for the deepest variable rate at this point uh, because someone told them they could get a better deal through you. So that's why they're contacting you. It's a complete docs package. It's not like pulling teeth. You're not having to explain why you need the down payment documentation, all the rest of it. Like they're over all of these hurdles. And Here's a key piece. This client is coming to you from a rate discounting shop. Well, what does that, what does that mean? Number one, know your competition. So if, you're, if your competition in this instance is a rate discounting shop, as, as we refer to them, um, I don't love that term, but we'll more on that, more on that to follow. But if you know that's what their main, uh, you know, motive is, is, is you know, the, the main selling feature is, then you've got to be aware of that. So you're catching this file, it's complete, it's easy, it's a low amount of effort to put out, and you're catching it from a client who's exiting, you know, a very rate-focused brokerage and potentially coming to you. You have to, in that instance, offer the floor rate, and I'm using that terminology. I'm not saying you need to buy it down. I don't believe that a buy down, buy down, that's like a made up term. You have to offer the floor rate. Lenders offer us a floor rate. They have a bottom price and then they have prices that are marked up from that floor rate. So the majority of the brokering industry marks up from the floor rate. There are certain brokerages that simply offer the floor rate. And a whole bunch of brokers say, oh no, no, they're buying down from this rate. Well, they're not buying anything down there. That's the floor rate. That's, that's the best deal the lender offers. Now, obviously, of course, there's a compensation trade-off, but that floor rate brokerage, which is a better term than discount brokerage, that floor rate brokerage has built a model with efficiencies and process and systems where they feel that they can operate a profitable business on X percentage of compensation. So as I say, if that's where your client's coming from, that's how you've got to be prepared to go. And you never want to be chasing the competition. So you never, like in, in Vancouver, for instance, in the Vancouver market, banks prepay for appraisals, left and right. Clients do not pay for their own appraisals very often if they go into a, an existing bank they have a relationship with. Um, it's not a thing. So when I got into this industry, I was in a market where you automatically paid for clients' appraisals up front. Otherwise, you were chasing the competition. Otherwise, the client was coming to you saying, well, the bank's going to pay for it. And then you were having to say, oh, okay, I can do that. And I never wanted to be in that position. I never wanted to be in the position of, you know, the client feeling like I was kind of trying to juice the file. I was trying to get that extra piece. So I automatically prepaid for every appraisal because I knew that's what my competition did. And that's the key piece. I mean, you need to know your client. So 
what's motivating them. What have they been shopping for? What have they clued into? What have they locked onto as the most important thing in the transaction? And you need to know your competition, especially if that client is coming from your competition. What do they offer? Because you better be offering the same thing right out of the gates because if you come in at a little bit higher, now you're suddenly having to explain to the client, well, oh wait, I can actually come down. And just because the client suddenly has a new offer from the other brokers, that doesn't mean that the client is shopping you. That's an assumption. And assumptions are a dangerous thing. I think probably the safer assumption, if we're going to make assumptions, would be that the other broker does not want to lose that client. They've taken them through a pre-qualification. They've worked with them on a couple different offers. They've worked with them through the crazy subject removal, you know, the condition removal period or a condition-free offer. And they've taken them through all this process, all these steps, they've gathered all the documents, they've done a lot of work, and they do not want to lose that client. So yeah, they may be pulling out all the stops in the 11th hour to retain that client. It's not that the client came to you to shop you, it's that the client was referred to you for whatever reason they were, but you know that other broker in the equation or banker, they are going to want to hang on to that client the same way you would if somebody else was, and how would you phrase it? You wouldn't say, you might say your client's out there shopping. You might actually say that banker, that other broker, they're poaching your client. They're stealing your client. As if like the client is this thing that someone owns and someone's enough stealing it from another person. The client's free to do what the client wants to do. So you got to kind of take a step back from all this and look at it and go, okay, client Nice, clean, complete docs package. Very little discussion required. Low amount of hours required in this file. Coming to me from a floor rate brokerage. I better come in at the floor rate. And if you haven't done that, don't use the term buy down. Don't do it, ever. Those words should never leave your lips to a client. Ever, ever, ever. Clients don't care how much money you make. They don't care how hard you worked on a file. They don't care about any of that. Clients care about themselves because clients are humans and humans care primarily about ourselves. That's just a reality. So as I say, there's no such thing as a buy down. What there is, is your incredibly strong relationship with this lender and your client's amazing file very desirable file. This lender would love to have you as a client. And this lender, I do a lot of business with. They've actually just reached out to me and they've offered because the client, the lender very much wants to retain your business now that we've presented the opportunity to do business with that lender. And so on the, on the strength of the relationship I have with them, the lender is actually offering a special rate just for you. And that rate is this. That's how you get around giving that client a certain rate and them talking to 15 other people and you feeling like you're going to have to buy down every other referral they send you. No, 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 no. There's no such thing as a buy down. Buy, what does that even mean? There's no such thing as a buy down. No, that, that file came to me at a certain point where that lender had a certain offer for that client. Today, the offer is X, Y, or Z. It's a different story. So like I say, move away from the term buy down. That's, that's not something to share with a client ever. And look, the last piece I want to leave you with is a thought around time management versus energy management. Um, when we had, um, uh, maybe one of them, Leanne McAllister, McAllister um, she, she made a wonderful comment about it's not about time, it's about energy. And so here's the, here's the other thought for the day I'm going to leave you with. 
time management versus energy, energy management. We've all got the same amount of hours in the day. We've all got the same amount of time each day. Uh, you know, people say that. What is that supposed to mean? It's like an all too common and kind of a, a useless statement when you think about it. Like, what are you telling me when you tell me we've all got the same amount of hours in the day? That's like telling me that fire is hot, ice is cold, water is wet. Like, thanks for the update. Like, I get it. Here's what we don't all have. We don't all have the same amount of energy through a day. We don't have the same amount of energy as we had yesterday or as we're going to have tomorrow. We don't have the same amount of energy as one another. And our energy is being consumed by vastly different things, different worries, different family dynamics, different work dynamics, all kinds of different things happening in our lives. So time might be a constant, but energy is not. Energy is variable and very contextual. So when you get into that flow state, and if you have never heard the term flow state before, look it up. There's some great books on the topic. I'm going to butcher the author's name, Csikszentmihalyi. Uh, he, he wrote a fantastic book on, on the flow state. And recognize a flow state for what it is. It's when you're in the groove. It's when you're in the zone. Everything is flowing. It's peak energy. You feel like you could write an entire book or you could process 32 files, whatever it is. Recognize when that's happening and embrace it and run with it because it's not going to last. And then recognize an ebb state, right? When the energy ebbs and you're fading and embrace that, embrace the need to shut down and rest. I've talked about it more than once. Typically three o'clock in the afternoon, that's my ebb state. 3 p.m. in the afternoon, my time, my whatever time, wherever I am, it doesn't even seem to matter. I could be in a different time zone for a week. 3 p.m. West Coast time, I'm taking a dip every time. And so I just embrace it. You know, I set my timer for 17 to 22 minutes. I stretch out on the floor and I have my 17 to 22 minute nap slash meditation. I turn on Headspace, tune into that. And a lot of times I just zonk right out. So embrace a flow state when it comes, embrace an ebb state when it comes. Because if you rest when you're supposed to rest, and you know, take that low, as low as you can go, right, drift right off, your highs will be that much higher. So time, time takes care of itself, but you have to take care of yourself. So give yourself a break. Don't worry about time. Worry about energy. Manage your energy. Manage yourself. You can't manage time. Time just keeps ticking on. It's what you're doing in that space. That's what really matters. That's my thought for the day for you. 14 minutes and I'm out. Have a fantastic day, everybody. I will be back tomorrow. I've got a, a fantastic newer broker who is knocking it out of the park. And uh, that seems to be the trend lately. I'm bringing on a lot of newer brokers, year one, year two, year three, who are having some great traction. And it's going to be a great conversation. So I'll see you guys again in 23 hours and 45 minutes. Take care and I will see you soon.